Uh, shout out to Pastor Tim. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, thanks for letting me bring the word today. Um, something that God's really been calling on my heart is just, I'm in the, the season of just fatherhood, right? And just for me, um, being a dad is so important. It's a huge part of my life. I have four kiddos, uh, three boys and one little girl. And uh, I'm glad that he blessed me with that little girl because, man, if I had another boy, wrestling forever, right, kind of thing. Um, but with that, um, I'm realizing and recognizing that, you know, my role as a dad um, it's so important for me to be there for my kids, right? I was watching this, uh, this clip one time, and it was actually at a men's ministry that really spurred this on. Um, this wasn't, it's not, it's not in my notes or anything like that, but this is, this is where God's directing me. Um, I'm like, God, I want to be more a part of my kids' lives, right? And they're young, okay? My, my oldest is five, he'll be six this year. And he, uh, he just, all he wants to do is spend time with me. And I realized that I don't have to, like, he's not expecting me to be this, like, superhero dad, he just wants me to be present, you know? And that's something that God's really just been, been challenging me in my heart is just, man, like so much we try to aspire to be this kind of that or this kind of dad. And God's like, man, if you were just only available, I could do so much more than you realize, right? And it's, it's not something that, you know, being available for your kids doesn't always look like, hey, look at me and my kids, we're doing stuff, Right? No, sometimes it's sitting at home, having a conversation. Sometimes it's sitting at home. For, for my son, his love language right now is video games, right? Five years old. And so him and I, so Monday nights are our nights. We get a half hour. I say, like, all right, Jed, you get a half hour, buddy. What do you want to do? We can do anything you want. Anything? Anything you want. Like read. He's like, no, Dad, I'm not thinking reading. <laughs> right? Can we play like, so his mom can't hear, right? Like, she's like, can we play video games? Absolutely. Oh, what? So last night, last night uh, Monday nights are our nights, half hour. We play some video games, and I let him, I let him uh, kick my butt in a couple video games. He doesn't know it yet, but one day he will, because one day he won't be able to beat me at all. And so uh, with that, um, it's just being present and available, Right. And the thing that God's really been talking to me is, uh, is obedience. And any, if anything, it's, it's unobtrusive obedience. The word unobtrusive means something that is not easily noticed or something that doesn't draw attention to themselves, right? When it comes to godly obedience, if you saw Vicky's email, it says, we're never promised that the act calls for attention. There isn't a guarantee for glory and fame. Oh, darn. Obedience, a lot of the time, doesn't demand for recognition. And more often than not, it goes unnoticed. I want to start us off in Matthew 1, 18 through 25 this morning. I'm going to read some, uh, a passage here, uh, and then I want us to break it down a little bit. It's not up there, but let me, let me read it to you. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Oh, snap. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly, to divorce her, however you will. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and called his name Jesus. Say it with me, Jesus. Come on, let's pray real quick. Lord, we welcome you. We thank you. God, you are so much bigger than we can comprehend. I thank you, Lord, that as we dive into your word, Lord, as we, as we learn more about you and as you bring revelation to us, because the reality is that every single one of us will have a different kind of revelation. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I just pray that you open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, and allow this message to resonate with us. Lord, I thank you that all of us are in different seasons, but how cool it is that we serve our God, that when we open up the text and that when we read, you're speaking to us about different things, even within the same message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Bless you. With that, we have Joseph, okay? I wanted to focus on Joseph today. Let's talk about the situation. Here he is, betrothed to Mary. So technically, they were legally already married. They couldn't have sexual intimacy. Mary's pregnant now. And by now, the situation, after he's heard from her, right, this is the situation. Joseph, being a man of, a man of the law, it says that he knows, he should know, Deuteronomy 22. It says it's legal to stone her. Have you ever been so upset or angry about something that reasons just didn't seem achievable? You wanted to like Hulk smash everything, right? Anybody ever been, been through an encounter where, you know, you heard something or something was done to you that you're like, you know what? Man, I don't want reason. I'm kind of, a, if, if, I, if I can be transparent with you guys right now, as I was working through this message, I'm going to be real and vulnerable. Uh, my wife and I were kind of going through something. And uh, I was just seeking counsel and they were like, you know, regardless of how you feel, it's important for you just to, to come up to her and say, and say sorry, can I be real with you? My plan is to go home today. <laughs> it's to apologize to my wife. Because yesterday, when, when it came time to, I looked at her and I told her, babe, I'm just not ready yet. And uh, I'm not proud of it. And I'm just, again, I'm just going to be real with you. That's where I was at. I am not proud of it at all whatsoever. But I'm sharing it with you because, man, life is real. When this stuff happens, it happens. I'm not perfect by any means. And you, you, you want that extra day, right, that extra hour. I'm sitting there, and she, God bless this woman. She's incredible, and she's so patient with me, filled with so much grace. I'm sitting there looking at her, and she's like, I'm not going to let you have a bad attitude. I'm sitting there like, no, nah, I don't want it. Like, that's, <laughs> dude, man up, bro. You know, but here I am sitting before my wife. She's doing that, and I went to bed last night, and I woke up this morning, and I'm praying. And God's like, you know exactly what you have to do. But can I just like one more hour, you know? Um, imagine what Joseph was feeling, right? Here he is, betrothed to this woman. He loves, obviously, paid a, a, a bride's wages to the father. Here he is, engaged to this woman by that culture, already married, and he hears this. You gotta think the dude's angry. The woman he was legally married to essentially betrayed him. Right? Here she is telling him the story. He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Uncertainty. 
something in your life was going according to plan and have it stumped completely. I know y'all never have plans that get stumped, right? You never have a vision for something. You're like, hey, this is going exactly how I planned. Oh, that happened. It's still going as planned, right? Confusion. Were, were he and Mary not on the same page when they were betrothed, right? Were, did, did, do we not come into an agreement? Do we not know that we were, like, this is us, like, that's it? In disrespect, she was not faithful to him the same way he was faithful to her. That's what he was feeling. But then in the verse 24 through 25, it says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he kept her virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Right? Before that happens, Joseph's already deciding to divorce her quietly, and then the angel appears right, and tells him what's going on. Joseph's left with a decision to make. Two, he can leave Mary to raise a child that would be Jesus on her own, being a single mom. You know, society's easy for single moms, single parents in general. Not really. Or he can marry her and the two raise together the savior of the world. Both are equally daunting, right? Because if he leaves her and it gets out publicly, she could be stoned to death. She could be killed. The other, you want me, Lord, you want me to, to raise the savior of the world? I'm raising four kids right now. I'm the, oh my goodness, that's a lot of pressure, you guys. And thank the Lord, they're, they're already saved, right? But to think if one of them was like the key to mankind's salvation, and then maybe lose him while he's 12 years old. I'm just kidding. I'm not throwing stones. I was lost at Michigan Adventures when I was a kid. That's not, that's not fun. Uh, come connect with me. I'll tell you about my mom and dad's faults. Uh, or uh, fails. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, man, like, to think that those are his two options, right? Like, you, you... But what happened was... He, you, don't, you don't hear him hesitate. I love that. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the, Lord, uh, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Joseph, a righteous man, he's a good man, right? Verse 19 says, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, even after the hurt, even after the pain, even after feeling like, man, I'm justified in doing this, what's his answer? Man, I don't, I don't want this to become of her, Right? How many of us want a response or, or want something done? But the reality is that, man, even though we're supposed to be God goodly men, right? That the Lord says he's our avenger, right? The Lord says that he's the one that, that, that will fulfill that for us. We don't need to take matters into our own hands. Obedient to God, another translation says faithful to the law. He's only mentioned in the Bible, okay? When I, when I was reading through this, I, I was looking it up. Joseph's only mentioned in the Bible like 14 times. I'm going to be honest with you. If I, if I was raising Jesus, I'd be a little mad if I was only in there for 14 times. And uh, a lot of the times, he's, even, he's not even mentioned by name. And Jesus' parents, right? Marry this, marry that. But never, it's, it's not really about Joseph. But the cool thing about Joseph is that he never demands it. He recognizes that that's not, like, that's not his purpose. His purpose isn't to be known. His purpose isn't to be to, to have the glory, to, be the, to, to, to have fame, right? He didn't go out there and go, God entrusted me, look at me. That's, that wasn't his MO. 
It says that he was obedient. He awoke and did as the Lord commanded through the angel. My first point is Joseph was willing to be obedient, even if it didn't draw attention to him. You, uh, this is going to be a little fresh for you guys. Uh, how many in here are, are 49ers fans? That's what I thought. Oh, don't. Yeah, one guy at this table here. All right, we all see him, okay? Nah, I just played. Uh, we could talk about it all day, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. David Montgomery, right? Going to block so that Goff can get this, get the time that he needs to execute it and to throw it to Laporta or St. Brown, one of the wide receivers, tight ends, whoever it was, doesn't matter. The goal of David Montgomery isn't to run and get the ball. He knows that. The play calls for him to block for him, to block for Goff, okay? How many of you know that when that, that catch is completed, David Montgomery isn't sitting there going, man, I wish they would include me in that. No, it's a part of a bigger picture. He needed to fulfill his role so that the, 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 the important part could be had. He's not sitting there going, guys, wait, you forgot to include me. I was a part of that. No. There's a role that we all play one way or another. There's, there's a moment where God, God was going to call us to be obedient to something that, you know what? Glory and fame isn't a part of it. It's just simple obedience, unobtrusive obedience, the kind of obedience that says, you know what? I'm not here for attention. Glory goes to who? Goff and St. Brown in that moment, right? Montgomery was pivotal to the play, even though he wasn't celebrated. What Joseph did was important, but how many of you know that he's only mentioned 14 times? You should know now because I said it. Some of the most vital roles in God's kingdom remain in the background of the kingdom story. You know, I think like something that, that I, I, I think about often. Um, so I, I partner with our first impressions department here. Our, our, I lead it. Um, but sometimes I'll do orientation with our, our teams. And I talk about the story with Ananias. When you look at the New Testament, a lot of times Paul is mentioned, right? And in this story, Paul is on the way to Damascus, gets knocked on his butt, and Jesus comes, goes, why are you doing this to me? Eventually, he blinds Paul, and Paul is supposed to go meet this dude. The dude is Ananias, right? Ananias is met by the Lord, and he says, Ananias, I need you to do this for this dude. And I'm, please read the Bible. <laughs> um... <laughs> Ananias goes, or this is how I interpret, or this is, this is what I imagine, okay? I, the Lord speaks to me in pictures, sometimes sitcoms. Um, you have Ananias sitting there before the, the Lord, and the Lord tells him, go connect with, with Saul, okay? And he goes, you mean the dude who's trying to kill, I mean, the dude who's killing us? The dude who's jailing us? The dude who's doing X, Y, Z to us? Yeah, that guy. I mean, if you say so, Lord. And he goes and he does it. And guess what happens? Paul gets witness to, and he receives his sight. And what does Paul do? He goes on to be Paul, right? But so often we don't think about Ananias. But man, think about the people that Ananias gets to meet in heaven. That when he stands there, all these people are coming up, shaking his hand, greeting him. And because of his faithfulness to Paul, because of his faithfulness to the Lord, all these people are ministered to. Every single person in this room is being ministered to, has been ministered to by Paul in some way. 
So in that same realm, we also get to connect with Ananias. But the reality is that Ananias never said, all right, Lord, look at me. Ananias said, all right, Lord, look at you. And we have an opportunity to do that exact same thing. Amen? Point number two, Joseph's willingness to obey sets up Jesus and his ministry. Your willingness to obey is only part of the bigger picture. You know, I was talking about my kids recognizing that. So I grew up in a family that were Buddhists for I don't know how long, in generations and generations and generations. And um, thankfully, I can say, because of my grandmother's decision to denounce Buddhism and accept the Lord as her, as her savior, um, she was the first generation Christian in our family. We came here to America. That, that was fantastic. Awesome. God bless. And she's up there in heaven right now, smiling down. Um, thankfully, because of her decision, I am where I am today. Okay? My grandma was a part of this generation called the sacrificial generation. A generation that says, no longer for me and my household. For, as, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what my grandmother decided to do when she said yes to Jesus. No longer are we going to go to our cultures and traditions, our cultural norms and whatnot, but our tradition now is to glorify God. Because of her decision, I get to come up here and say I'm a first-generation pastor in my family. No one else in my family, in my bloodline, has ever been a pastor before. And I get to say I get to serve the Lord. And the cool thing about that, you guys, is that my sons and their sons and their sons' sons get to say we're Christians because of one woman's obedience. Amen? Her faithfulness to the Lord. And she doesn't realize that. God bless my grandma. Her English wasn't the, wasn't the best. But she'll, she'll, she'll say something to you in Vietnamese that you wish you wouldn't have heard. You know what I mean? Um, but, but there comes a point in our walk that we have to say yes to certain things that might not look appealing and it might not be something for us to showboat on. But the reality is that it was never meant for us to showboat on in the first place. Because glory goes to the Lord. Don't take that scoop off the top. Last time someone did that, they got casted to the... Anyways, I'm talking about Satan. Joseph would have known about the Messiah. But like anyone, he may have wondered why was he being entrusted with this role. I think he was called to this role because he was faithful to God. And it produced simple obedience. The thing I love about Joseph is that when you hear it, like in, in, after he said, yes, Lord, I'm going to do this, his response to everything was always, all right, let's do this. Let's go. Okay? Faithfulness to God is what greases the wheels in our obedience. Joseph was there for Jesus when he was born, right? They had to go to Bethlehem. Joseph was there when Jesus was circumcised. Like all Jewish boys, Jesus at eight days was circumcised. And at this ceremony, Joseph was there. He was there recorded as a legal father, right? That's a big deal. And we, like, if you're a parent in this room, you know that raising kids, it's not all fun and dandy. There's work. But man, for me, I'll tell you what, my sons, uh, because my daughter can't speak yet, my sons say some, some of the gnarliest things. And I know it's out of the pureness of their heart. Pureness. Um, 
and, and they do stuff, they, the, the actions that they make and all that stuff, sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, you knucklehead? But then, like, at the end of the day, like, I one son, Ruben, um, he's such a great little dude, but his response to everything right now is a dinosaur screech, right? Like, hey, buddy, do you want this? Ah! Dude. <laughs> If I could be honest with you, sometimes I just want to right in the throat. Like, just, <laughs> I'm not saying I've done it, and I'm not saying I've ever did it. I'm just saying sometimes I think, and I'm not perfect. But he goes, ah, at everything. I'm like, why are you screaming? Your sister, your brother, your mom is right there. Our ears hurt, dude. But he doesn't think about that. He loves being a dinosaur. That's his thing. And at night, when he does it, I'm like, dude, it's about to be bedtime. Lay off. But he comes up to me, and he like does his puppy dog eyes after he does it. And he goes, Daddy. That's like like a broken daddy. Like it's not even like daddy, because his words aren't fully developed yet. Da-da. And he and he hugs me. And I'm like, God, I thank you that they're so adorable. Because that helps them so much. But you have to think that Joseph and Mary, if Jesus was as human as the word says he was, there was some moment in time, right? That the parents are sitting there going, uh, there's, a, there's this meme that I saw on Facebook once. It's basically, it was Jesus in a bathtub. And Mary goes, get in, the, get in the water, Jesus. And he's sitting there standing on the water naked as a baby, right? Like, like, that's what I, like, there, there had to be moments where they were like, okay, is this really the son of God? Like, <laughs> but man, it's so good that we can relate to, Ed talked about it today. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with us. Jesus knows what we've been tempted in. Jesus knows what we've been going through. And in the midst of that, we still decide, God, you are so good that I choose to trust you. Joseph was there for it all when they had to flee from Herod, when they had to stay away for years, right, 30 plus years from his home. And they had to make a new home. All that stuff comes with being yes, saying yes to the Lord. Taking up that mantle of going, I will be his earthly father. I will make sure that I protect his mom. I will make sure that I protect him. I'll raise him right as fathers. We're supposed to establish and instill all these good principles in our sons, in our daughters. That's our job. You cannot have a healthy household, no matter what. I grew up in a, a single parent home. My mom was there. She did the best she could. She tried to be dad and mom. But guess what? There was only a degree that she could come and, and, and complete that all. She's not called to be the man of the household. She can't. It's not designed in her. And that's not degrading her. That's not, not complimenting her. I'm, God made us different. There's a role that the man plays in the household each of us are called to. Only you can establish and instill these things in your sons and in your daughters. If you don't do it, the world will. And let's, I mean, we've all seen how the world does it. I'm sitting there trying to raise my kids right. And I think about this story of Joseph. And the thing that stood out most about Joseph was his yes. It never said Joseph pondered and then he went. He said, Joseph heard the word and went. He awoke and went. That kind of faith, that's the kind of faith, the obedience, that's the kind of obedience that we all need. 
Mother and fathers are needed to help mold and shape them as they grow and develop. Jesus needed to grow up in an intact family where he would be taught all that he needed to learn before beginning his ministry. I guarantee you, I believe it. I can't, I can't, I I choose not to, and I refuse to believe that what Joseph did in Jesus' life did not impact him. I, I can't believe that. There are things that we get to instill in our fathers that our sons and daughters will pick up whether it's in our DNA or whether it's principles that we've established in them, we have a role and a responsibility. Fame and glory isn't what inspires obedience. Faithfulness does. Faithfulness to God is what greases the wheels to our obedience. Our obedience to his will makes a way for promises to come into fruition. Thank goodness for Joseph because of his obedience and his yes. Jesus grew up in an intact home Knew what, it lo- knew what it was like to be loved by an earthly father, but also knew what it was like to be loved by a heavenly father. And it all goes back to this moment where I think, man, Jesus is in the garden in Luke. He goes, God, if you can, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will. I think, yes, that was embedded in Jesus. Jesus was God, Right? But I also have to believe that, man, there was, a, there was points in his ministry where he thought about his earthly father as well. Where he, where, where he thought back about the lesson that Joseph taught him about this and that and what it looked like to be a good godly man, to be faithful to the law, to be faithful to God. So as I turn it over to questions, I know there's not a lot of time yet. I apologize, guys. I didn't expect to, to take this long. But here are a couple questions that I have for you. Maybe you need one. Maybe you need all three. First one is, what stops men from being obedient? Second one is, is there something God has been asking you to do? And how could your obedience propel others around you? As we dive into it, after you guys are done, pray for one another. Lord, I thank you for this time. I call it blessed. I thank you that there was a word for everybody in here. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. And we just say, have your way. Remove us from the distractions, but God, I thank you for the lesson. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.